Thank you for downloading this episode of Those Podding Muslims, a podcast brought to you by the charity New Horizons in British Islam. On today's episode, we're discussing Muslim machismo with my colleagues Hira and Shannon. It was really condescending. It was like he thought he was my dad and like telling me off like I'm a little silly girl. Interestingly, there is absolutely no record of the Prophet Muhammad having beaten any of his wives. Welcome to Those Podding Muslims. My name's Manish and today I'm joined by my colleagues Hira and Shannon. Muslim machismo, macho, men, what what kind of experiences have you had with with such? Oh, so many. (laughs) So many. So many. (laughs) I feel like out of all of the problems in Muslim communities in Britain, this has got to be, for me, one of the highest problems that we face as communities. So Muslim machismo and toxic masculinity and this sort of patriarchal ideas. I I feel they're heightened by this idea that the Muslim communities themselves feel like they're under attack and that just encourages it even more. And it's sort of like a cycle. They just sort of feed each other. In recent years, I've done lots of work with Muslim women. And I think Muslim, I feel like Muslim women are doing really amazing stuff in the scene right now. And unfortunately, I feel the men have been overlooked. I say unfortunately, I'm not sure how unfortunate it is, but men have been overlooked. And some men see that as a threat and they feel like, oh no, feminism is a disease that has captured these women and we need to save them from it. And So kind of a reaction to the positive work. So you've got a bit of an example. Go on, tell us. Yeah, so we were at an event. uh, This is last year, I think. um, And we had a stall and we've got a mood box which poses a question to the public so you can vote. And the question was, can you challenge traditional Islamic teaching? It was purposefully a controversial question. You know, we wanted to get people's thoughts and have a get a conversation going. One guy came over. He saw that I was on my own. I, I personally think it's because I'm a young female. I don't think he would have approached it in the same way if I was older or a man. Um, Do you he, think hijab was an issue as well? Possibly, or? yeah, probably. Mm. It was quite. A, it was a conservative Muslim scene, but you know, I was dressed in the way I am now. There was nothing scandalous about mm. the issue. Mm. Um, and he just came and he came over and he had a real problem with the question and he was just like take it down take it down now no how dare you ask this question and blah, blah. and it was real sort of who is impeding on your rights here have mm. your say if you think you can't put your ball in the no and mm. jog on right. but he took a real like there was a visceral reaction to that it was and weird. it wasn't this question specifically or it was kind of prompted by the question but you think he was just he had issues with you being a female at the conference, at the, at the event? Yeah, I think it was the fact that I was a young female not wearing a hijab on my own at a stall that was posing this question. It right. was like a challenge to every authority idea that he had. Right. Like his whole world was crumbling at this. <laughs> I mean, it sounds to me like it's not the fact that he was uncomfortable with the question, but it, did he act in a certain way? Like, can you name exactly... What was it about his behavior that made you think? It was really <laughs> condescending. It was like he thought he was my dad. And he, he was old enough to be my dad. And like telling me off like I'm a little silly girl. And it was that yeah, sort of... Yeah. It was disgusting. Um, Shannon, what is Muslim machismo or just macho behavior machismo to you? Well, I think machismo generally to me is men using the fact that they're men 
to be shits towards people who are not men, <laughs> right. right? Women or men who don't conform to this masculine ideal, mm. gay men, you know, trans women, so on. So I think that's machismo generally. Mm. I think Muslim machismo is when men behave this way and think that they have the divine right to do it yeah. right. because somehow in their warped little minds, they think that the Quran tells them to behave in that way. Mm. Yeah, and I think I've, I've experienced that as well uh, in the sense that I am... I think anyone who listens to me or looks at me will know that I am not macho. I have never <laughs> been macho, right? Um, but just the amount of teasing and sort of verbal aggression, microaggressions even, that I've had to live with from a very young age because I'm effeminate, because I don't like playing football, because I like music, because I like things like, I don't know, fashion and beauty and music. And mm. have I said music already? Well, any of those things. <laughs> just the fact that I've had to deal with people deliberately putting on a very campy voice and making their wrists limp when they talk to me, right. being gossiped behind my back, being called names, right? Being interrupted all the time when I try and talk about something that's actually quite serious, mm. being mimicked, my laughter, my voice, and so on. So I've, I've had to live with that kind of, I'd call it toxic masculinity. Because I think masculinity is fine. I have lots of straight male friends who like football, who like sport, who like going to the pub, but they don't use that as a stick to beat other people with. Right. Right? And I think it becomes toxic when that kind of behavior becomes the standard for mm. how all men mm. should behave. And as a Muslim man who also works in kind of the academic fields and stuff, does your credibility get questioned because of your lack of traditional masculinity? Yes, I'm afraid it gets questioned from all sides. Oh, really? So <laughs> I've had, quote-unquote, mainstream male Muslim academics or scholars or activists kind of, again, like, talking very condescendingly, like, oh, do you know your Quran? Do you know your Islam? Like, and my answer is maybe I don't know it the way you do because I never went to madrasa, but I am an academic. I am mm. a scholar of Islam. So when I say I know something, then I know something, right? right? But I also get it from lots of older white men as well right. who try and explain to me that Muslims are evil. We just had that oh, yeah, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> you know, a white man trying, just interrupting me nonstop, even though I was just, I wasn't even making an argument. I was just giving him evidence about how not all Muslims are terrorists right. and just kept shutting me down. So yes, I get it from different men in different environments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, we've talked about kind of women being at the at the brunt of it, but yeah. actually toxic max masculinity kind of men other men are, are victims yeah. also. Yeah, there's a there's a really um kind of disturbing statistic from Stonewall when they did research on bullying in schools, specifically homophobic, biphobic and transphobic bullying. The kids who get bullied the most are not the ones who are actually gay or lesbian or bisexual or transgender. It's the kids that are perceived mm. to be as such. Right. And among those kids, it's the boys who always pay a higher penalty if they are perceived as being not very masculine or, God forbid, feminine. Um, let's bring it back to a, to a Muslim context. Mm. Talk to me about, is it Dawa man? Oh, is that how you say it? You've got to take this I, one here. I, I, my only experience with him is this video I saw on social media a few weeks ago where he, I think, is in tears, which He's some would say actually tears. is, hey, this is man crying. This is pretty big. But the content of his talk, talk to me here. Oh, God, give me strength. Is this Muslim machismo? Is that. 
Yeah, it is, but it's like almost on just such a crazy extreme. So <laughs> what is happening with this guy? Like Tell he's shedding too. tears over the fact that women aren't in hijab or women are in shisha lounges and they go clubbing oh, and they're I not practicing. Yeah. And it's, but why? I don't understand. Why is it focused on the women? Like, do the men, are the women doing it on their own? Are these are women having sex on their own? Like, it's so weird. And the fact that he was actually shedding he tears. He was crying about this. He was this. crying about this. Um, well, like, proper crying. Ugly crying. Well, like, leave Britney like alone crying. Like, oh. he was shedding tears. Like, okay. sentimental that soul tears. Oh, but, oh, that's very macho. That's Muslim machismo. You're oh, allowed really? to cry but one tear. Yeah. Oh, one really? Tear. Okay, no, not than one bawling. Tear. That's not you macho. Can't bawl. That's but not shedding macho. a tear is it's a bit poetic, actually. It's very yeah. stoic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, very yeah, stoic. But it's worrying because he it went viral, but he actually has an audience that he speaks to and people who think he's so educated and he knows his dean and this that and the other and it's like this is this is (laughs) (laughs) it's just nonsense um but i can't and you know i know we've spoken a lot about men and as the only woman here i'm very conscious that i want to say there are women involved in holding up these structures and women who perpetuate this same you know and it's not men doing this on their own there are mothers and wives and daughters and sisters and any kind of relationship you think of who go along with it or even support it um so you know if you take mothers as an example I can speak for Asian households. I'm not going to speak for anything else, but in traditional Asian households, um, the the guy will get away with not doing any housework because he is the man of the house and he's going to grow up. And the woman or the the daughter will be asked to learn how to cook and learn how to clean. Um, And that, again, is what what are we saying about gender roles there? And what if you have a guy who really wants to cook and he's a really great, natural, gifted chef? And it's it's, it's sad, but that is the state of play at the minute. It's It's not just the men who are doing this. It's everyone on a personal and on social and structural levels. It's massive. The problem's yeah. massive. So machismo doesn't just benefit men. It yeah, can, it, yeah. It can and it benefit harms, women. It harms men as well. So if yeah. you put them in a box and say, this is what yeah. being a man is, and then the only emotions you're allowed to show are, oh, if I'm angry, then I can get violent. Mm. Um, and say you've got some pain, if, you know, if, if someone goes through a great loss, how do they express that? And this is why I think we have higher rates, um, suicidal rates in, in men than women, because yeah. as you said, women, we, we, it's more socially acceptable for us to talk about these issues whereas for men it's really not yeah and i saw this kind of disturbing video they vox popped women it was a it's a news channel that did it actually i should remember um and they vox popped women in this in the country and asking them the question whether it's okay, okay. sometimes for their husbands, husbands to beat, beat. Uh, their yeah. wives yeah. and blanket everyone yeah. i mean some with even a little chuckle said oh yeah it's okay sometimes yeah, yeah. so Take that, take someone like Dawah man, take that conservative Muslim. Is there anything that you would say that to these people might actually in their mind say, actually, yes, Muslim machismo, you know, according to Islam, according to the Quran, actually, is, is it, it's acceptable to behave in a, this way or in a way like that? Tough question. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's um, Surah An-Nisa, the chapter four of the Quran. I think verse 34 is where people get that from. They interpret it as meaning um, there is a divine 
there is divine permission for men to beat their wives mm -hmm. if their wives misbehave. And that's where they're getting it from, a verse in the Quran. Interestingly, there is absolutely no record of the Prophet Muhammad having beaten any of his wives. In fact, there was a, an occasion when I think one of his wives, Aisha, the youngest wife, people used to ask her, what did Muhammad do? And she said, he helped around the house. He mended his own garments, fixed his own shoes, helped with the housework. When it was time to pray, he prayed. He milked his own goat, you know, and he laughed. He played with kids. Mm. There are stories of his, his companions being surprised that he was so affectionate with his grandchildren. Mm -hmm. um, he was kissing them on the forehead. And this man said, what are you doing? You're the prophet. And he said, yeah, <laughs> and I'm playing with my grandkids. <laughs> so, so this is the example, I think, of masculinity that um, is rarely presented and to why? us. Why is that? Why are people not take you, taking that? They easily can point to, yes, look, it's okay to beat your wife according to maybe this one line. But why are they taking that and not these other great examples of what it is to be... Well, I've told a complicated story as well because I use the word wives and it is a historical fact okay. that Muhammad had more than one wife, right, right. right? And, you know, there are social conditions. This was 7th century Arabia. It's not 21st century Britain <laughs> or anywhere in the world where these were acceptable relationships. He was the leader of a community. You know, lots of his marriages were political marriages, but at the same time, he broke the mold. This is another model of masculinity that's not presented to us. His first marriage was monogamous. It ended when his first wife, Khadija, died. Right. right? The polygamous marriages happened after that when he was the leader of a polity. And he made a conscious decision not to go for the next pretty young thing. Most of his wives were older women, they were widows, they already had children, or they were poor, and they needed some kind of social protection as well. Or they were children of his friends, and you know it was a way of keeping things in the family and so on. So there were all these different reasons why he had these marriages. But again, this is not, this is not a nuance that we hear a lot these right. days. I mean, the idea is, here was a man. This is what he thought about women. These are all the women he married. And this was his empire. And this is where he got it from, the Quran, from on high. I mean, that's the narrative we get, right? So we don't, we don't get all this other stuff, mm. I think. I'm going to be controversial <laughs> and say that um, I think the elephant in the room is that that verse in uh, Surah Nisa exists. And people use it to justify their wives. And I think there has been, throughout history, we have had scholars who have taken, so for example, some of the more violent verses in the Quran and have said, have contextualized them and said that this was only valid in this time. And I think not all scholars, but some scholars still struggle to do that with this verse. Right. And I, again, believe that's because of patriarchy. I see no other reason to say that this was a verse limited to a time and it, there, there should be no circumstance today where it is used anywhere. But you still get a lot of scholars trying to do ifs and buts and this and that with this verse and I think we just need to take a really hard line with it and say no, this is not acceptable in today's society and, and put an end to it. And I feel like a lot of people will still struggle to do that. But it, it should be the job or our community, so-called community leaders need to be doing a much better job in catering to their communities. Mm. You know, if someone comes to you about domestic violence, the advice should never be, oh, have more patience and God will give him wisdom and this, that and the other. It's like, no, this is a crime. Yeah, and I think mm. I, I agree with that. The verse is there. But I also think 
if as Muslims we believe the Quran is a sacred text, like all of it is a sacred text, mm. elsewhere in the Quran we find verses that challenge that sentiment. There is elsewhere in the Quran it says, men and women, you know, spouses, you're spouses to each other, you're like garments yeah. to each other. Yeah. So what does that mean? A garment is something that protects you, it, it envelops you, it's beautiful, it's security, it's comfort, and it's mutual. That verse doesn't say... Wives are garments yeah, to their husbands. Yeah. It says you are garments to each other. So if someone's a garment to you, do you strike them? Do you hit them? So how do we juxtapose these different yeah. verses? And this thing about, you know, people trying, people telling women, if you're a victim of domestic violence, then you should just be patient and pray for your husband and so on. Elsewhere in the Quran, in Surah Al-Mujadila, it does challenge that notion as well. There was a woman who complained yeah, to the Prophet absolutely. about domestic violence. Yeah. And he was like, uh... I don't know what to do about it. Yeah. And she said, I'm not happy with this. And so she occasioned yeah. a revelation. The surah Absolutely. is named after her, she who disputed. Right? And that is a really great yeah. empowering yeah. tale. And that's what I mean. I feel like we have, we should be confident as communities, as Muslims to say that, you know, we have enough material. We have enough support to be like, look at this. This is how we can um, create a narrative for ourselves that empowers us and works for us. And the things that don't, we can set them aside and be like, this was revealed in a time and in a context and for a purpose, which it no longer serves. Yeah, preach it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so just to finish on something stupid and frivolous, 21st century Britain, who is an ideal, uh, in your mind, of a man of masculinity? What is your ideal? Not our American. Boo. David Beckham? Oh. Andy Murray. Andy Murray? For me. For you know, as a tennis player... To have hired a female coach who was openly lesbian. Right. Right? And I he's. I didn't know that. Yeah, Emily Moresmo. And after that, mm. speaking out about it. Yeah. Hera? Oh. What about Muslim man? Not Amir Khan, obviously. <gasps> Riz Ahmed. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there we go. <laughs> Save me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was either between Mo Farah or Riz Ahmed. Yeah, yeah Mo Farah. Mo Farah as well. Sadiq Khan. Yeah. Sadiq Khan. Yeah. I think there are good examples, actually. It's just the bad examples just shout louder. <laughs> they cry harder. <laughs> <laughs> the good examples just get on with it. Thank you for downloading and listening to those podding Muslims. It's brought to you by the charity New Horizons in British Islam. If you like it, check out our other work at nhorizons.org or find us on social media. Mm-hmm.